Sale Freakout. Let's play ball. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is Leading Off, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia with me today is the Welsh. And, of course, it's you hanging out on our Fantasy Pros MLB channel, which is great because we have got all the Leading Off shows on here. We've got all the videos on here. I just did the waiver wire video. That should be out this weekend. The buy low, sell high is out. So many things going on, Welsh. And today we've got a very fun show planned for all of our peanuts and our Cracker Jacks. So how are you living, buddy? How you doing? How would uh how would you react if I walked behind me, ripped all the bats off my wall, started kicking the wall and punching the wall? How would you react to that? What would you think I uh, am? I would be amused by that. that you would, would think very- I'm a crazy person. What if I mm-hmm. also told you I made millions and millions and millions of dollars as a professional and I went in to a place where kids are just trying to learn how to be you know, adults and professionals. And I went in and I destroyed their building because I got a couple calls on the outside of the uh, strike zone. That's all I'm saying here. What would you do? What would I'm a crazy person. Yes. Yeah. And his also name is Chris, but it's a different last name. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, uh, you know, totally normal, totally, you know, it's just, it's fine. It's fine. You know, it's, it's uh, it's, I think it's everybody, I think that's a, that sounds like everybody around him, his camp being like, it's fine. He's fine. Don't worry. He'll be okay. As he literally tear, it was like tearing off pieces of wall or something. Destroying Chris sale went bonkers. If everybody doesn't know, and I know we're going to yeah, talk did. about it. He did. And uh, he's not the first guy, the last guy. I'm trying to remember who it was. that took the bat to the Gatorade bottle like a thousand times to the jug. You know, remember, remember that? I forget what it was. And he just went back and forth like he was chopping down a tree. I can't remember I think who that's that was. Healthy. That was amazing. I think that's healthy. Take a bat to a Gatorade jug. Uh, there's not a lot of cleanup. Does, there's not a big mm. financial issue. But going back in a uh, dugout and absolutely tearing off the wall, tearing off boards and what looks like like hold like he tore everything off chris sale's got to take a chill pill he's got to calm down just a tiny bit like just the eensy beansy bit but you know what i will say i'm kind of jacked up for him to get back into the major league (laughs) i'm kind of excited to get that type of energy back into a rotation that's the difference right there. And that's the kind of energy we're bringing the Chris Sale energy today to the show. Uh, let's start with uh, Chris Sale and his five walks uh, in the rehab start. Uh, certainly taking out his frustration. No doubt about that. Uh, Darren Ruff at a pinch at game-tying Homer. Uh, and then you had uh, Josiah Gray twirling a jam of the Phillies. Kyle Schwarber going yard not once but twice. Man, Kyle Schwarber. Every day it feels like we're talking about Kyle Schwarber hitting yeah. bombs. Christian Javier was touched up for five runs, though, against KC. So, Another bad night at DFS. I'm just two nights in a row. I'm not very happy about this. Shohei Otani, though, happy about that. Ten strikeouts, another Shohei Otani gem, another Shohei Otani moment where he continues to show out. Your thoughts on Shohei Otani and the MVP race after yet another big yeah, outing. Ooh, I mean, we can't do it every single freaking show, but I feel like I want to look. This is, I think, a four straight scoreless uh, starts. He's had a streak he's got going on. Three straight He's got uh, double digits on strikeouts. He has been a monster. And Otani's kind of in that, like, you know, there's a couple guys we have to start clicking into, like, who are your don't even need to do research type of guys at this point for betting? 
Shane McClanahan strikeouts, you just go over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jordan Alvarez has kind of almost dropped into that total base marker where you can Maybe. just take his over. And Otani, you know, he's always kind of lived in that, but there's that little streak. At this point, whatever number they throw at you, today on the board, man, who is it? Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank who it is, but there's an eight and a half on the board. I think it's Dylan Cease. I think that's who it is. There's an eight and a half strikeout mm-hmm. marker. That's on the board to take today. That's a big number. But guys like McClanahan and Darvish are the ones you can take that with. Even Cease at this point. And you chalk it up to the game if you don't hit it, but they hit more often than not. Otani just on an absolute freaking roll. The Otani number, by the way, on betting pros is two and a half in the consensus. Aaron Judge at minus 110. Uh, But on FanDuel, it's all the way Shohei Otani at two. So that's well, okay, so that, is two point uh two forty right now. What's the judge on um on FanDuel? The judge is even on so FanDuel that's that, on that I GM minus one ten. That's a really interesting point. Is Otani hasn't really well FanDuel he's moved. If he's to two, mm-hmm. he has moved. He hasn't really moved on DK, but Judge has, even though Judge hit his 30th home run. He's moved to even like less or even money, less um, uh, predominant on the minus. So he's the trajectory that's moving, not even Darvish, not even Otani at this point, which I think is pretty fascinating as we go. Well, and also Paul Goldschmidt's at even right now on the consensus line. So and I remember I think we were getting in on him, what, 12 to 1, 10 to 1. Uh, I think we tried to warn everybody at nine that was probably going in that direction, but I mean, it's even money now. And I Machado slipped all the way to 500 where Pete Alonzo was a plus 550. And that's at bettingpros.com. If you want to check out all of those lines, obviously they are there for you. Uh, other headlines from yesterday, Max Fried, six shutout frames against the cards. Uh, Bo Bichette hitting a go-ahead homer. How about a lot of Bo Bichette headlines this year? I feel like what? Not so I, much. You know, not so much the Bo Bichette headlines this year. Uh, also, the Orioles prospect D.L. Hall struck out 14 guys at Norfolk. Now, D.L. Hall's a guy that has had some command issues, but certainly has the electric stuff, as the kids like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, any profile stuff you want to share with him? Is this somebody that uh, people should be adding maybe uh, for August and September, perhaps? Is, do you think D.L. Hall gets a shot at some big league starts? Yeah, I definitely think on the back half of the year, he's one of those guys. He's just missed a ton of time over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. And I think that's something that holds back a little bit. But... When you've got, you know, their main catcher, when you've got Adley Rutschman up in the majors, I think it allows them and maybe makes them feel more comfortable bringing up some of these younger guys on shorter stints. They just need consistency out of DL Hall. Uh, actually, I did a draft with Eric Cross, who writes over here at Fantasy Pros, and James Anderson. This is on one of Eric's podcasts, and we were drafting prospect starting pitchers, and I took DL Hall in that. And I think it was mm. like my fifth or sixth starting pitcher in this uh, pitcher draft we did for prospects because I think he's a big, big strikeout guy. I think there's more relief risk in him than there is with Grayson, but Grayson's not an option here, and DL Hall totally is. So I think probably like a mid August, I could see them little cup of coffee preparing for next year. Uh, that is a definite possibility for people want to look out. And, you know, the only thing I wanted to bring up, I've been talking a lot. We did this over and in this league, you and I've kind of done it about these differing values of player versus player and stuff like that. And we did one yesterday where we were talking redraft of Julio Rodriguez versus Juan Soto, which had fascinating results, <laughs> Joe, but it got me thinking about the Bo Bichette thing. Where would you go Bo Bichette versus Julio Rodriguez right now? 24-year-old Bo Bichette, who's done it big time oh, Julio. in Dynasty. And you go Julio, I, I have no hardcore. hesitation with Julio. I just think Julio was that complete package player. Yeah. And it's not that Bo Bichette's not an all-star caliber player, but I think I look at Julio as 
top five major league talent kind of stuff. Like that's how I view Julio, what I've seen of him this year. Whereas Bo Bichette, I think is a, you know, arguable first, second round talent, depending on how you value him, the depth of your leagues and all that stuff, uh, depending on what, you know, he does in the next 81 games, that would certainly go a long way to making me feel better. But I split Julio in a higher tier personally. Do you I, disagree? I, and it's not that I disagree. Um, I mean, what Julio is doing is incredible, but let me give you a line. 29 homers, 25 stolen bases, 121 runs, 102 RBI with a 298 batting average. Um, that you would kill to have mm-hmm. as a Julio Rodriguez line and seems very obtainable. That was Bo Bichette last year. That was Bo Bichette's yeah. 2021 line last year. So my only point to it Some is, of that came in in those, you know, rinky-dick ballparks too that they ain't playing A hundred percent. And I'm, and I'm not advocating for it because I have Julio Rodriguez over him. But I think it's really interesting where we are. And I feel like Bo Bichette, like you said, like we haven't been talking about him right now. And, you know, he's really played at such a lower perform level that I think his mm-hmm. dynasty value is maybe at an all-time low, 250, 13 homers, five stolen bases, but he's still projecting out to be, you know, maybe a 2015 guy with 270 batting average if he doesn't really, really pick it up. So uh, the Boba Shed stuff I find really interesting and, you know, maybe even in the buy territory, like, is he a buy on the back half? Oh, he's of definitely year? a buy. You know, somebody, so somebody just uh, showed me a deal. I, I know it was Teoscar Hernandez and, and uh, somebody else for Bobish, I was like, no, you can't, you can't do that. You got to, you got to keep, you know, you got to stick with Bobish here. And, and sometimes players do this where they have massive seasons, very young, and then they're always kind of chasing that one year. I think Bichette's better than what he's played in the first 81 games, but the second 81, let's, let's see what he does. But Julio to me has this different feel about him. It's the same way I felt about Juan Soto, where I just, I just want yeah. all the shares. I just want to be in on that, especially, you know, because what he's doing in the stolen base side is something, you know, this guy looks like a, prototypical 30 30 guy that we haven't seen in baseball in a while that can be that kind of dude for a long time and most people still play roto leagues even the interesting the interesting (laughs) thing too that i really give credit to julio with is that he overcame the adversity early on like the league really got at him he got really bad strike calls he was just being attacked in different ways as you know a young guy would be professionally in the majors and he overcame them and he's defeated it to a level. This is like a stranger things type of defeat. He's 11 at this point. You know, he just can, you cannot take him down. He continually just keeps pushing Vecna back. All right. Uh, Jonathan, references, nobody. It's, it's good. I, I, look, yeah. I, it's good. It's good. Uh, Jonathan India departs after a hit by pitch on the foot. Uh, we had Bobby Wood Jr. out of the KC lineup again uh, today mm-hmm. and Kyle Tucker getting the day off as well today. So was Joey Votto. So just if you're playing those daily leagues, just make sure you got that. Let's go to the mailbag. We got a little mailbag on our Discord channel, fantasypros.com slash chat, uh, in case you didn't realize I think this it. is a new channel. I think it's a new it, channel. It is a new channel. It's the mailbag. Yeah. We open up the bag. Let's see what's inside the bag. Uh, here you go. This is from Derek from Texas. Ack, ack. Uh, what are some strategies for rebuilding dynasty teams? Who are some current prospects that you would build around Welsh? Uh, well, I would build around Julio Rodriguez if you had a choice. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that would be an obvious one. Uh, let me pull up my prospect list here to give you a couple guys. The, the main strategy, by the way, I would say is acquire the best possible while also looking for the best volume. I think a lot of people get very hyper-focused on, I need all these dudes, but make sure you're Mm -hmm. getting like really substantial players. Players I would want to build around right now, Corbin Carroll, 
Jordan Walker with the Cardinals is a monster. He's only 20 years old and he's already mm-hmm. at double A and he's been just balling out. Gunnar Henderson with Baltimore has been phenomenal. You talked about Anthony Volpe as one. Yeah. And if you want to go really lower and, you know, pending the how much everyone's paying attention, you know, some of the hottest guys right now, Jackson Churio with the Brewers, Ellie De La Cruz with the Reds and Ezekiel Tovar with Colorado. These are all some of the biggest, highest movers that, um, you know, if they were, those are guys that I would be trying to acquire if I'm trading away big, like redraft pieces, you know, good players right. that are maybe getting a little bit older, the gold Schmitz of the world, those type of guys. I would be trying to get collections of those guys. I throw Alvarez in that list from the Mets too. He's rising very quickly. That, that kid can play. Uh, and look, yeah, it's, it's hard a- to find offensive catchers. So if you can find one, it's a huge win for you. Rutschman yeah. is like that too. I, you know, I'm always tough on catchers and you know, I am. Because that transition becomes very difficult. But at the same time, that's another piece. I would also be looking to uh, buy a lot of the Jonathan India types. The guys that are nice yeah, players that. that are you know not having good sophomore year. Like Kirilov, India, like all those dudes. I'd be trying to get a bunch of those guys on the cheap too if I was rebuilding. Such a great point. Hit on one of them. That's, I couldn't, that, I couldn't They're more cost effective to get. It's going to cost you a lot to get Julio. It's going to cost you a lot to get, you know. Uh, a lot of these prospects that Welsh is talking about. So for me, yeah. that's what I would go. I would start finding these major league ready guys that are still young, but are still kind of finding their way. I think that's a good path as well. The only thing I would add to what's, what's interesting in the place I think we are in prospects is we don't have the, I don't think we have the crazy guys. I don't think we have the guys that push the envelope of I generational talents that are near the top. Not to say I love Riley Green and Corbin Carroll, but we don't have the Julios. We don't have the uh, Wanda Francos, we don't have any of those guys. So I think the top is more accessible than it's ever been because it's not quite locked in. And then I think what people are holding on to is some more of the like outside the top 15, the really young guys that people don't want to trade. So I think it's actually a really weird time for prospects that you just go throw out there, get a couple of guys. But I love the idea of get the Kirillovs, get the Andias. Hell, Wanda Franco is probably cheaper than he has been mm, in the last probably. year right now, just because the stats are kind of uh, as another yeah. guy with throwing that grouping too. Aloy's missed a lot of time. Like that's a that's a great player. You can yeah. probably get at a significant discount. See what happens as he comes back. All right, let's talk about this. The Orioles became the first team in Major League Baseball history to give up a go ahead or tying home run in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and still get a win. So there really? you have it. Uh, that's certainly a good time. Uh, <laughs> I want to take a look at uh, this also because. I want to take a look at some of the leaderboards here halfway through the season. We have Tony Gonsolin, the ERA of one, five, four. Um, this is unsustainable. Okay. Unsustainable. It's at the very top. I'm telling you right now, Martin Perez is a 2.34. He's the eighth guy overall. The rest of the guys in the top 10 are fine, but it's Gonsolin at the top at one, five, four. We have to be aware of this. You have to start shopping him. He's been in the video like three times. I feel like this year and he keeps pitching well. And I know he's 10 and oh, and, and I get all that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, look ahead. You've got to start looking ahead. Then I want to ask you about this, too. Yeah. Because at the top here of the board for home runs, we've got Judge at 30, Schwarber at 27, both 80 games into the season now for those guys. So here's my question. Do either of these guys make it to 50, in your opinion? Uh, I think Judge does. Yeah, I think that's a I almost think that's like a four. I think that's like a lock. It's a foregone conclusion. What about that Alvarez at 25? Is yeah, you know, this 50. I actually think Alvarez is a better shot than Kyle Schwarber does, even though I know Schwarber's just been bonkers. It's just mm-hmm. a 226 batting average. That's that's tough to maintain the entire season consistently through to keep hitting those homers with a 
bad batting average. He could get there. I wouldn't like be shocked if you told me he got there, but uh, I think Jordan Alvarez can get there. He's already halfway home with over 300 batting average and missed a little time. Judge, you know, far beyond that. Uh, I think those two are 50 homer shots for sure. Byron Buxton stats on the year, 22 homers. Come on. Hold on. You chose violence. I'm I'm not choosing violence. I want to take the temperature. 22 homers. That's very good. 40 RBI, 46 runs scored. He's played 64 games. He has just two stolen bases hitting 218. What grade would you give Byron Buxton with the 218 batting average, the 845 OPS and the stats that I threw out there for you? How would you grade Uh, the season so far? Yeah, I would say it's like a a B B minus. Yeah, B minus. That's that's what I think, too. Yeah, it's good. He's doing what he was doing last year, except there's no contact being made and whatever is going on with his approach there. That's the main problem with him. And by the way, that point is something right there that I put in the cell column over in fantasy pros is Gonsolin has not only a over two run differential between his Mm -hmm. Sierra and XFIP to his ERA, but he also the lowest qualified pitcher Babbitt to any hitter is Gonsolin. It's under 200. The only pitcher that's pitching to a 200 Babbitt is Tony Gonsolin. That's going to change. The run differential is going to change. That's why I kind of out. And unfortunately, you know, Buxton as well, man. You can't have an under 300 OBP and be a superstar. He has all the skill sets, but apparently, you know, the um, the, the contact ability has completely changed. And we'd be having a completely different discussion if he was hitting 280, even if the stolen bases were gone, because oh yeah, he would he, be in the same marker as these other guys. Two. He had to give you the steals or the batting average. Not giving you both, I think, hurts. Because you can find brutal. 22 home runs and some, you know, you can find that in different spots. You drafted Buxton because you thought you'd get the steals at least, but you're not getting that. So, but yeah. look, got another 81 games. We'll see what happens there. Uh, fun facts. We got two of them today. First one from Sarah Langs, who does great work on MLB. Uh, Shohei Otani is the first player since RBI became an official stat in 1920 with 10 plus strikeouts, multiple RBI, and stolen bases in a single game. There you go. You like that? I know you love wow. the first time ever ones. First time ever. Yeah, look at those. And it said five have had almost that combo with one RBI <laughs> instead. And it's just a bunch of people no one knows about. And, well, and uh, Bob Gibson. Jose oh, Rio. It's Bob yeah. Gibson. It's Whitey Ford. It's it's pitchers. Also, fun fact, speaking of the Angels, I don't know how fun this is. The Baltimore Orioles have more wins than the Angels have this year. Just want to. I wanted to marinate on that for a moment. That is a huge disappointment. You have the reigning MVP who also pitches. You have Mike Trout and you have 38 wins on the year. Welsh. that is depressing. Well, and you've also got um, the reigning MVP uh, potential free agent after next season. And Mm -hmm. I could walk at some point. They got to put up or shut up with this team. I mean, this is a collection of, wildly bad choices from Noah Syndergaard to Anthony Rendon and the money that they're putting in that there's gonna be a point where this team is going to make a decision on who are we and what are we not that I'm not, I'm not doing the whole, like, do you mm-hmm. trade trout type of stuff, but it's like, what are you doing with this team? You're just going to sit, sit in this space for the next eight years with Mike trout and a bunch of other people. Otani could be gone. You've never retooled. Unfortunately, with how baseball is, you can spend money but you have to retool. The Cubs are a prime example right now is they had to get some pieces that can get in. They have to see what they've got. They got to replenish their minor league system and then they can go out and spend the money when the free agency is right. The angels consistently do it wrong. Well, they also I don't know what you do. 
the farm system has been the biggest letdown too, because <clears throat> that that's the thing you keep looking for. It's like, where are the pitchers coming through the system? Yeah. When, when's the last pitcher that's come through that system that we've been really excited about that's delivered? I mean, well, Reed just, Detmers, I mean, Reed Detmers had a, oh, had a no hitter, but, but, no but hitter then he got sent so back what? down. No, He's no, I'm just saying like, pitcher. well, no, he was a, One he was a pretty, shining moment does not make a good pitcher, but he was a very, I mean, he was a predominant college pitcher. He was a very big name. He was the best pitcher in their system, came up, had a no hitter, but then completely fell apart. Cause he doesn't strike out anybody. Right. A, you can't just, and also it's a guy that needs to pitch to contact and it ain't working because it's getting hit really hard. It takes time to adjust. Here's the other problem. They just don't have a bunch of them. Sometimes you have to have a whole cavalcade of mm. them. You've got to be like the Tigers where you got, unfortunately, all of them aren't working for the Tigers, but you've got to have <laughs> Manning and Mize and Scooble. You've got to have three, four, five, six of these guys. So if two or three work out, you've really built into your rotation. The problem is they never work out. Their player development sucks. It sucks out here in Arizona. It's been known the way they've just poorly developed players. They had every single minor leaguer, um, doing the same batting stance where you come in mm -hmm. and then you turn your body over. They, they changed every single minor leaguer's batting stance in 2019. It was at the rookie ball level. And it's just like a laughable thing that they continue to do. They can't develop pitching. They don't develop hitters very well. Nope. Look at Joe Adele and they can't sign anybody well. So what would you say angels you do here? What would you say you do here? I mean, the Angels need a complete overhaul office space, of the organization. I mean, from, from president all the way down. I mean, to me, it's just, you know, they fired the manager and the manager ain't the problem. The problem is the front office and the problem is the scouting department. The problem is all that other stuff. You know, yeah. you, you, you got Mike Trout, you got Shohei Otani, and you got nothing else to show for it, really. And it's just, it's miserable. Uh, what's yeah. not miserable, fastest players to reach 15 home runs and 20 steals in their career. Julio Rodriguez, number one. 81 games. There you have it. Number two, by the way, for fun was Ellis Burks, 82 games and 87. Uh, then you had Barry Bonds do it in 86 and 90 games. Eric Davis do it in 91 games in 1984. So that's a little fun, uh, fun company there. Ellis Burks, boy, Ellis Burks was a guy who was a very exciting player when he came up and then he kind of struggled for a while and then found some second life in Colorado. And that was a fun team. I like that version. That was a fun group of guys. This day in baseball, 1993. Talk about guys in their own planet. Imagine if this happened today, the social media bonanza that would happen. In 1983, Reds pitcher Tom Browning decided that he had seen the view from the dugout for enough, and he uh, left Wrigley Field and decided to watch the Reds beat the Cubs from a rooftop of a three-story building across on Sheffield Avenue. He was fined $500 for leaving the dugout and the ballpark during a game, but I mean, that to me is hilarious. Like I could, I love that. you know, it's not something you'd see happen nowadays. It's very 1980s baseball, but imagine like just Twitter and social media going nuts with a player who just decided to go watch a game up on Wrigley field. I uh, could see like you know, uh, buildings. I could see like a, old, I could see Chris sale. Actually, if I'm thinking about it, like you got to have a real player that just doesn't care anymore. Like I am envisioning like a closer, an older closer. Who's just kind of like, whatever, <laughs> you know, they control their destiny completely. Like Craig Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell, just going out into the stands. Like, I'm going to just watch. What are you going to do about it? Like that type mm -hmm. of guy, but sales personality would be the player that would do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on here to the and stat heroes and fans. zeros. But before we do, let's do a little trivia. Who was the last player with multiple stolen bases in an all-star game? There you go. My hint is he played uh, or he began his career with the Chicago Cubs. That's the hint I'm giving everybody. The mm. last player with multiple stolen bases in an all-star game is who? If you think you know, drop the name in the chat. And that is uh, over at Fancy Pros MLB, of course. 
Go ahead and drop that name. You have to be a subscriber in order to guess the trivia question for the day. Got any guesses? Began with the Cubs. Began with the Cubs. And Is then journeyed like to a, a few other places. A few, it's pretty recent. It's pretty recent. I will say that. So there you go. That's the thing. Think about it. Stat heroes. Corbin Burns. Ooh. 10Ks. No earned in seven innings. Shoei Otani. Same thing. Corey Kluber. The Klubes. 5Ks. No earned. Six innings. I wonder what the Yankees think about Corey Kluber games like this. Uh, Luis Severino, six innings, no earned, three strikeouts. So not the greatest strikeout night for him. Was good for Josiah Gray with 11. Uh, you got the good Jose Barrios this week. Hooray. Six innings, one earned, six Ks. And uh, Mitch White, uh, six Ks in five and two thirds. The hitters last night, Aaron Judge, three for four with a bomb. Jorge Polanco, two dingers. Nice to see Polanco hitting two. Uh, Kyle Schwarber hitting two. Brandon Nimmo has been very solid this year. Three for five with a homer. Three RBI, three runs scored. Aaron Hicks, two for two with a homer. He was one of our lineup builders yesterday. Hunter Dozier, two for three with a homer. Gio Urshela, three for five with a homer. Luis Robert, who has not been on this list enough this year. He was my early MVP long shot. Boy, oh boy, was that terrible. One home run. Thank goodness I made other pivots and movements. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, two for three uh, as well with a stolen base. So you got any answers there, Peanuts and Cracker Jacks? Let's see. Juan Pierre is incorrect. That is not right. Uh, but uh, somebody uh, says Soriano. That is also not correct because he's Soriano came by mind, but he was a Yankee. Yeah, he started didn't with the start Yankees. with the Cubs. And or Rizzo no, uh, is not correct either. Nor did he start with the Cubs. So there you go. Yeah, Rizzo oh, was a uh, Red Sox, and then he went. All right, let's do the zeros. We'll give some people some more time. Christian Javier five earned, bad. Shane Bieber five earned, bad. Lance Lynn five earned, bad. All five innings for all three of those. Derek Hall. 0 for 4 with 4Ks. Jock Peterson, 0 for 4 with 3. Same for Dylan Carlson, JT Real Muto, Jeremy Pena, and Byron Buxton with 2Ks of his own. Batting average down to 218. And the OBP, a sterling 293. Mm. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Not good. The answer to the trivia question, by the way, is... if you all want it or you want to keep guessing. Where Nine, I, I, it's ruining everything for the show for me, so I need to know who it is now. Starlin Castro. Starlin. Well, he wasn't. Didn't you Casper. say outfielder? No, I said I said who started. Nope, didn't say outfielder. Yeah, you didn't. I think I no, just I didn't. I, I no, did I'm just saying I injected it into oh. my brain. I'm not saying you oh, did. Okay. Just, for some reason, outfielder was in my head and I let that stick. Starling Castro had multiple stolen bases and all. I mean, he made the all star game. That's no, the that was the more. That maybe is most shocking. Start, I, you know, it might have been one of those like one representative things, you know, like you get that, like mm. that one guy. Yeah, like weeks Starling with the Castro. Brewers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Here's a question Starling for Castro. you for the Peanuts and Cracker Jacks. This is from Cooper. Uh, what's up, guys? What do you think of DeGrom's value right now? Someone offered DeGrom and Luis Robert for Trout and Strider. Strider has the RP eligibility, so it makes it interesting. Thanks, guys. So what side would you want to be on? Would you want DeGrom and Robert or Trout and Strider rest of season? Obviously, we'll just call it redraft here. I would. I think it is so risky, but Degrom and Robert. I'm. Uh, I agree. I had a big That's old discussion about this yesterday. This kind of piggybacked what you and I talked about the whole max and value conversation, where you Degrom as well. Degrom's a couple of weeks away, but like you should really start thinking about what level. Um, do you think he'll be on his return? And do you live in a world where you have to be concerned with um like with Strider's the injuries, not like enough? Crazy? If you're giving me. Like, I don't, I don't feel warm and fuzzy about Strider. If that pitcher was Charlie Morton instead, maybe that gets it done for me. 
but Strider yeah. to me is still a very big. Unknown. Well, I'm assuming he had. Uh, you know what? He, I don't think he said what. So by the way, he said it's a points league. So Degrom like all day every day. Well, that's makes the other thing more... too. In the points league, you always want the pitcher typically. But whichever side is that side. So I don't know if you were being mm-hmm. offered that. Take it. If someone wants it, no, it's not enough. Uh, I would keep. I would just keep Degrom at this point because I think that's one of the things I suggested. People go out and start fishing around and see if you can get Degrom. I would not be moving my Degrom because you theoretically might be getting the best pitcher back in baseball, mm-hmm. and Robert for Trout is can be a theoretical wash. All right, let's take a look at the home run board. Same thing. High Cubby still at the top of thirty-one. Uh, we've got a bunch of people. We've got uh, Drew and a bunch of others tied for eighth at twenty-four. Uh, Delgadillo still there too. Mike Mayer still hovering around. So a lot of change there, but uh, certainly we need to get some new names. Some new names out there. I want to see. It's funny that board's gotten very stagnant this week. So there's a chance here for people to make some catch up. I hope some people had Kyle Schwarber yesterday and see what's going on there. Let's get to BetMGM because it's the king. Hold on. Oh my God, I've got wires around my crown, Welsh. <laughs> you can't have wires around the crown. Look at this. This is this, this is what happens when you work at Fantasy Pros and you have 5,000 wires and 5,000 things. But anyway, over at BetMGM, the king of sports books, you can bet $10, win 200 just by using the promo code leading off. That's one word, leading off. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com. Bet responsibly, but do it with the BetMGM app and the promo code leading off. Shohei Otani, total basis today, one and a half, plus 110. I like that. Joe Musgrove, six and a half. It's a high number on FanDuel for Ks. I want it. Minus 152. Don't care. Justin Verlander, six and a half Ks is the number two against KC. It's plus 108. I would take the dip there. Welsh, anybody in particular stick out to you on the prop market? Yes, the Otani and Verlander one I like. Verlander, I think I might like the most. I almost put this on my list. The two that I got for you today... Tony Gonsolin versus the Cubs. Cubs have been striking out a little bit more over the last three. I believe it's been 11 Ks uh, over the last three games. They've been averaging per game. Tony Gonsolin, it's at five and a half, and it's going to be close to plus money. The betting pros has got you on the under. I like the over, so it's going to be a little bit over on plus money. Over on DK, five and a half, Tony Gonsolin. And probably my favorite of the day, Austin Riley, total bases. It's only a tiny bit juiced, minus 127. Five of six games in July. He has multi-hit games, so give me the total base yeah. over at one and a half on Austin freaking Riley. It's a great matchup for a lot of different Braves today, but Riley, this one specifically gets me going. Yeah, and Austin Riley, spoiler alert, it's going to be my home run call for the day. Let's fly through some DFS on DK. Garrett Cole's at 10.2 against the Red Sox. Very expensive. He's going to be chalky, I think, regardless. I'd rather have Spencer Strider as my secondary arm at eight and a half, and then play around with combinations of Cease, Musgrove, and Gonsolin. Gonsolin's 9-4, Musgrove is 9-7, Cease is 9-8. I'd have three lineups, one with each, with Spencer Strider as the secondary arm on DK. On FanDuel, Strider at 8.6 is fine, and then you've got to look at how much you got to spend. I mean, Musgrove is even more expensive than Garrett Cole, so look, Dylan Cease at 10.4 I think is the most cost-effective cash game guy out there. But Strider is the guy, I think, tonight when you're trying to look at potential uh, cash uh, tournament arms, excuse me. And then there's Tony Gonsolin at 10K, which you could float around with, too. But I think Cease gives me a little bit more strikeout potential. The Mets, the Yankees, the Braves, though, the stacks I'm looking at, the lineup builders on each site. They're both cheap sites, uh, guys. Carlos Santana, Nomar Mazara, and Jesus Aguilar, all under 3K on DK and on FanDuel. Those are the guys I'd look for. I'm looking for Austin Riley for a home run tonight. He's been red hot. And it's funny, Welsh, you picked my original guy and I changed it to Austin Riley, but you picked who? 
I well, and I picked Pete Alonzo. That's mine today. But I was going to pick Austin Riley. That was the one I literally went on the sheet to write it in. Joe had it, and I was like, dang it. Well, I can do that. But I kind of want to pseudo have it. But I went with Pete Alonzo today. Pretty good matchup. Big bombs, Alonzo. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I think Mayer has got a BVP of Matt Chapman. I believe he's pretty high up mm. on the board of homers for today. We have a stack correction. Wonky says the board is wrong. High Cubby now has 32. So good job, High Cubby. Way to get on that board and continue to increase good that job. lead. I like that. Something good has to happen for the Cubs this year. So that'll do it for us. We'll be back again tomorrow to do it all again. But the story of the game goes on. For the Welsh, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.